There's a lot of things you might be not really living up to snuff about right now. Are you getting enough haircuts? Are you shaving enough? Are you keeping up with your personal hygiene? Well, one thing that you don't want to be a loser about is having that dirty car. Uh, you know, whether it's just driving around town, whether it's you picking up a friend, you want the clean car. And don't you want the sparkly clean car that you're proud of? Well, guess what? Tommy's Express Car Wash. They are going to hook you up with a great car wash that's going to get that car sparkly nice so that when you go to the store, everybody's looking at your car and says, oh, man, where did that guy get his car washed? It's wash, rinse, repeat at Tommy's Express Car Wash. You can download the Tommy Club app today and enjoy endless washing for one low price. That's right, endless washing for one low price with the Tommy Club app. It's unlimited car washes. Unlimited clean, shiny, and dry. Unlimited use of exclusive app lane. Unlimited access to all Tommy's Express locations, because there's a lot of them. Unlimited guest service. And most importantly, unlimited happiness. They've got the tools and expertise to keep your car clean inside and out. Their wash packages let you pay for the services you want, including Tommy Guard and Body Wax, wheel cleaning and tire gloss, underbody flush and spot free rinse, and vacuuming. So download the Tommy Club app today and enjoy that endless washing. Go to Tommy's Express Car Wash. All right, we got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. that. We don't got time for that. All right, let's go. Crank it. Crank it, Glenn Cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Schwert and Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Happy Friday. Welcome in. He's Derek Johnson. I'm Nick Schwert. Happy to have you with us. Last Friday show. For me, a lot of, a lot of lasts, man. Are you getting graduation goggles at all? What is the graduation goggles? So graduation senioritis? goggle. No, senioritis is where you just don't want to do anything. Graduation goggles is where like you look back on something after it's concluded or when it's coming to a close, and it puts a fog over all of the bad stuff, and you just start thinking about the good stuff. No, no, I'm thinking <laughs> okay. about a lot of the bad stuff too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> There have been more good than bad, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel like I have a, a skewed perspective on my time here at but whatsoever. No, like, that's why they call it graduation goggles, because when you think back to like maybe your high school days, you think about so all the So if I have graduation had. goggles, I wouldn't even know that I have, I'm having yeah. graduation goggles, because I would just no, but be like, so blinded. When you think of your like high school days, yeah. you think back to the, the fun you had with your friends, maybe, or whatever. You don't think about, like, oh, I had to do so much homework, you know? You just think about the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, but if I felt that way, then I feel like I would be having second thoughts. No, there's a difference between the graduation. Like, you, you don't have a choice. No, so. yeah, there's but there's a difference between you know it's like it's like buying a new house, which I know yeah. you haven't go, undergone that process, but you get rid of the old house and you get to a What's new house. What's that supposed to mean? I'm just saying. I know you haven't bought a house before. Well, it's it just seems like a, a slight that. No, I'm not a homeowner, no. and you are. No, but it's just you think like, you're better than me. You, because <laughs> um, you know what it's like to own a home, and I don't. <laughs> I mean, there there's some negatives to it, but like, 
you get to the new house and it's like, oh, I love everything about this new house, but I kind of miss this old thing about the other house too. Yeah. And you're still happy you're in the new house, but you know. Sentimental. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I cried. I was at a soccer game when I was like six. (laughs) We had a wooden play set, like a swing set in the backyard, and I hadn't played on it for, I was probably closer to eight or nine, and I hadn't played on that thing for three or four years. It was just collecting dust and... It was, it was not getting any use in the backyard. And I came home from a soccer game, and I saw some guy loading it up into the back of his truck. I went to a soccer game. My parents sold it, and I started crying. I was like, no, I want this swing set. And it's like, you didn't even use it. What do you want it <laughs> but it's for? it's mine. Yeah, and I was like, it doesn't matter. It's mine, and I don't want to let it go. So maybe there's a little bit of that where it's like it doesn't matter what I'm doing next or the fact that I made the decision to leave. I'm leaving on my own terms. Now I'm like questioning myself, being like, well, no, it's not. No, this is my thing. This is my show. But it's not. Jalen Wilson is coming back for his sophomore season. Uh, tag me. I technically, it'll be his third year at KU, but redshirt freshman, freshman, baby. Redshirt freshman. So, yeah, I guess he'll be the first ever three time freshman. <laughs> Could he win? Wait, did, did he win newcomer of the year last year? No, I don't think he did. <laughs> nah, he, there's no way he did. Is it Adam Flagler? I don't know. I don't know. Well, he wasn't technically a newcomer. I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you a little trick here because I've been I've been tough on Jalen this offseason. I don't not tough in that I'm saying yeah, I don't want him to come back to Kansas or that I don't think Kansas would be better. I've sort of scoffed at the notion that he was even testing the NBA waters and treated it as a foregone conclusion that he was going to come back the whole time, which honestly, I think it was kind of a foregone conclusion that he was going to come back the whole time. But because of that, it just didn't really give it much credit to talk about the season that he had and the fact that you know, maybe he was close to to actually keeping his name in the draft. But he announced earlier this afternoon that he is returning to Kansas for his whatever season that's going to actually be called. Probably wasn't fair to him in the regard that even though he finished on somewhat of a downward trend last year, he had a really, really impressive season, especially considering it was his first season as a collegiate athlete. And when you look at his total numbers, almost 12 points per game, eight rebounds. Here are the guys who have averaged more points per game than him as as a freshman at Kansas. And this is dating back to 1993. This is as far as the sports reference database goes back. Andrew Wiggins, Josh Jackson, Ben McLemore, Brandon Rush, Xavier Henry, Devon Dotson, Paul Pierce. It's a good list. So that's four one-and-dones. Brandon Rush, Devon Dotson, and Paul Pierce. So four (laughs) one-and-dones and and three All-Americans. And then Jalen Wilson. Now, they weren't all... All-Americans, their first season at Kansas, but it's not very often that guys come in. And yes, like you can go back and I'm like, I don't have the, I, we could look it up, but um, Danny Manning, yes, he averaged more points per game. Will Chamberlain, yes, of course. But in the modern era of Kansas basketball, it's a very elite list that, that he entered into. Nobody was expecting him to be that guy. We thought he was going to be a dude competing for minutes, and he wasn't. He played, what? 28, 29 minutes a game. It's very realistic to expect that he's going to come back and take another massive jump as 
a second sophomore. I don't know what to call him. And that's honestly kind of annoying a little bit. But here's the trick for you, Derek, is kind of don't it'd be super negative, but be a little bit negative towards a guy. And then you can come back a month later and be positive. That way you're doing two things. First off, you get to have two takes, but a sort of half-heartedly apologize the first time around and admit your faults, which makes you sound humble. Mm. And it makes humanizes you, sound, you. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it, it's a sign of growth. Like I was mean then, but now I'm learning to be, you know, more, uh, more positive. So that's good on me. Look at me. <laughs> Right. So it's honestly you should you should practice that a lot. But I don't know why I was so sort of down on him. And when you think about that front court coming back, you have your starting front court back for a second straight year. And that doesn't happen very often either. Right. When's the last time that happened where you had your starting four and your starting five both coming back for another season? And if Ojai ends up coming back, then that's three, four, five. That is your entire starting front court, which hardly ever happens at a program like Kansas. Those two guys are going to come back. I think it's realistic to expect that they're both going to get better next year. I think it'll be really interesting to see what the role is for Jalen Wilson. Um, he was, at many points last season, the best rebounder on the team. Um, he was a Which guy. Which is even who, more shocking, by the way, once we got the measurements from the combine and you find yeah. out he's about six foot six. And just kind of the guy who could do it all for you, whether you needed him to play the four or fill in as a backup five, which we didn't see as much as the season went on. This year, I would be shocked if he played any five because you have David McCormick, Cam Martin, Mitch Lightfoot. Like, yeah, the minutes just probably won't be there. And I don't think Bill Self wants to play him at the five. Um, he might play some three. He might play some four. And I think what we saw over the course of the draft process, at least in those scrimmages, which, I mean, those are very small sample size. This is not even but, the NBA combine, by the way. This is yeah, the, the G, G League Elite yeah. Camp. I mean, this is something Matt Tate pointed out. It seemed like he was focused on facilitating. And when you think about this Kansas team and how many players they have that are going to want to come to the table and get their bite of food, get their shots up, and how many new players you have and returning players you have who are going to need shots, how much would it behoove a guy like this who, if he was told by NBA uh, scouts and GMs, hey, we want to see you improve as a creator for others, as somebody who can dribble with the ball to show that you can do that if you're a secondary tertiary initiator with the ball in your hands and get assists for others, don't you think that would benefit this team so much? Yeah, because I don't know how many good passers they have on the team. It's not just that guys are going to be looking for their shots. It's that do they have guys on the team who are naturally gifted passers or facilitators? If they want to score, but can they do other things? It's not about would they like do they want to? It's like can they? Is can Remy Martin be a guy to get others involved? Has he been a primary shooter and a scorer because that's what they asked him to do, or that's all he's like really comfortable or capable of doing? So yes, and if he does that, then you're talking about him still being not one of your primary options offensively, but a guy you have to get touches for every time down. And that's what it kind of felt like at times this year. When when KU wasn't playing well, you would sort of notice that Jalen wasn't really as involved in the offense. It, it was almost to the point early on where you had to get him the ball because that was the only thing that was working in games like Kentucky and Creighton. Big wins, and he made big plays down the stretch. But when things would start to look a little sluggish offensively, you almost wouldn't notice it at first, and then you would look back on it and say, is 
Is he getting involved at all? Is anybody getting this guy touches? And the shot, you know, yes, he needs to become a playmaker. He needs to round out his game a little bit. He's played one year of college basketball. And sometimes we're a little tough on these guys after one year and, and start treating everybody like a finished product. Now, you know, he kind of, he's got these these deficiencies, and I don't know if he's ever going to be. He's played one year. Mm-hmm. He's played one year of college basketball, and it was really impressive. Yeah, I think you if you circled anybody on the team and say who's going to make the biggest jump from what they were to what they'll become this next year, he'd have to be the top candidates, right? I mean, like like you expect David McCormick to do well, but we saw that guy at the end of the year last year. The only difference for him would just be doing what he did in the second half all year as opposed mm-hmm. to just the second half. Remy Martin, we know what he is. Like, you go down the line – he might be the prime candidate for a guy who improves his game the most. Now, I don't know how much that improves statistically with everything we've talked about. How many shots are you going to get? How many rebounds are you going to get with all these other centers? But just being a better player, being more efficient, being a better defender. I think those are all things you kind of circle, and maybe Jalen is that guy. And it, what's funny about Jalen, too, when you look back on how he started the season and then January hit and it was really bad and the shooting percentages went down and the numbers across the board went down, it's kind of easy to forget that in February, nine games, yeah, there was that Tennessee game. Can you get slaughtered? But he got benched in that game. Even before that, it was TCU. He didn't do anything. Comes back the next game against Tennessee, gets benched. After that, he was a new player. And in the month of February, he averaged 13 points. And the big stat is 11 rebounds per game. You talked about him at points being the best rebounder on the team. And I think that was what Bill Self got frustrated with was that and this happens all the time, especially with young players. Shots stop falling, you're not getting points, and you just sort of disappear. And he goes, wait a minute, you can't play defense now? So your shots aren't falling and now you can't play defense? Your shots aren't falling and now you can't go after defensive rebounds? All right, see you. Sit on the bench. I'll play somebody else. And then all of a sudden, what happened? 11 rebounds per game. And he's what? 6'6"? 6'8 with shoes on, maybe? 6'7 with shoes on? If you can do that... If you can do that, you can do whatever you want the next year. Like, you're going to come back. You're still going to play. And if you can, even if you're not going to get half as many shots as you got last year, what do you average? About nine shots a game. Like, that number could go down. Mm-hmm. With Remy Martin coming in. It could be seven. <laughs> it could be seven. But if you're a guy who goes out there and with your seven shots averages... 10 points and 10, 11 rebounds per game, you're going to be somebody that the coaches can't afford to take off the floor. Do you think if Ochai ends up staying in the draft that we see handfuls of minutes of Jalen playing the three? It's all going to come down to defense. Can you guard guards? Can you guard big 12 guards? If he's getting torched on defense, that's not going to happen. That's what was so fun to watch early in the season was he felt like a mismatch no matter who was on him, right? You put a big guy on him, and he had just enough quickness to get past him and, and would score on him. You put a guard on him, he, he would use his size to sort of stifle him. And, it, and again, it wasn't all defense. This was, a lot of that was, was on offense. He would just use his size, get to the free throw line. He wasn't a great shooter at the line. We can always fall back on shooting. Hey, yeah, improve your shot. That's how you can – we do that with everybody. If you can go from being a 33% shooter, I, I do it all the time. But turns out making baskets is important in basketball. So, shooting does matter. I don't know if it's going to be as important for him next year, though. Remy Martin's on the team. If Ochai comes back, if I mean, Christian Brown's still going to play a role. In the, like, 
you've got shooters now to the point where maybe you don't have to ask a guy that's not a great shooter to be a great shooter. I think we fall victim to just saying, well, this is what the team needs. And, I mean, I talked to Sam Bassini of The Athletic. He does great work, covers the NBA draft. And I asked him about Jalen Wilson, and he said he's got to become a better shooter. For the next level, yes. If he's going to play in the NBA at six foot seven, yeah, you're going to have to be a shooter. But at Kansas, for this team that's expecting to compete for a national championship, does Jalen Wilson need to be a 38% shooter? Because when we do things like that and say, well, just improve this much, just do this little bit, get, get a little bit better in this area. I don't think we recognize that we're basically saying this will take you from being a good player to the to a great player. This will, and you can't expect that of everybody. You can't expect every guy on the team to be first team All Big Twelve. They're not all going to do it. So let's just look at what's the most realistic outcome here. Not best case scenario. Yeah, best case scenario is Jalen gets less shots, but he's way more efficient and averages fourteen and ten, and he's first team All Big Twelve. But what's most realistic? that he comes back, continues to be the best rebounder on the team, becomes a little bit more efficient offensively, that's enough. That's going to be enough with the firepower that you're going to have around him. But I think all signs would point to, again, I'll give you the list. There's These are the guys who have averaged more points in their first season at Kansas since 1993. Andrew Wiggins, Josh Jackson, Ben McLemore, Brandon Rush, Xavier Henry, Devon Dotson, Paul Pierce. There ain't a dud in the bunch. And even if you want to say Xavier, he's a lottery pick. He had a great year, one and done, lottery pick. Everybody who came back, Brandon Rush, Devon Dodson, Paul Pierce, what'd they all do? They all got better the next year. No reason to expect that Jalen Wilson won't be exactly the same. All right, it's about 20 past the hour. We got Brandon McAnderson joining us coming up here in about 15 minutes. We'll talk some NIL and NBA playoffs with BMAC. This is Rock Jock Sports Talk. Brandy McAnderson going to join the show coming up here in about 15 minutes. I'm Nick Schwartz. He's Derek Johnson. This is Rock Shock Sports Talk. KU got another commit. KU basketball landed a four-star big man from Garland, Texas. I really hope I am pronouncing this name correctly, but you know what? If I'm not, fire me. Zuby Ejiofor? Ejiofor. I looked up, I tried to find, you know, you do the little research, go to YouTube, try to find an interview. Found an interview. They didn't even say his name once. Seems unlikely. Do you think they didn't say it because they didn't know? Just, they're just nervous. They're just like, uh, hey, Tiger. Hey there, champ. <laughs> little Q&A. Uh, Zuby. We'll just call him, I mean, his first name is Zuby. Z-U-B-Y. Zubby? I, I can't imagine it's Zubby. So if it's Zuby, then Zubai? you don't really need to say the last name of somebody. Named, it's like Zion. It's like... Uh-huh. It was always funny to me, Paul Pierce, Jayhawk legend, off, probably one of the worst NBA analysts ever, and ESPN keeps trotting him out there. And do they? Is he? No, no, not yeah, he got fired after the stripper weed thing. Um, <laughs> dude, he would always go on TV, and, and he, every time he talked about LeBron, he would say LeBron James. LeBron James. It's like, well, I think what LeBron James needs to do, and it always just sounded weird to me. It's like, his, it's LeBron. And it's not just that his name is LeBron and nobody else's name's LeBron. It's that he's like he's the greatest player in the league. So like you don't have to clarify, and it just felt awkward. So 
I'm not going to do that this time. We'll call him Zuby. He is ranked 41st according to 24-7 sports. Uh, the number five power forward, 6'8", 215. I wonder if this is a product of COVID, but there's just not a lot of highlight tapes out there. He's class of 2022, so he won't be playing uh, his senior year until next year. But it's just... Uh, it's weird trying to find video on these guys because... But I don't think they had, like, the public tournaments and stuff. That's what I'm saying, though. That's usually where those highlights come from because you're playing against better competition. And the, 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 the video that is out there of him is a lot of cherry-picking, standing at the free-throw line, full-court pass, dunk, layup, tallest dude on the court by about a foot. Like, it's just not... It's not to say that he doesn't look impressive. It's just like, what am I really watching here? But then again, I mean, I mean, I saw Travis Relaford in person, and he was one of the more impressive high school basketball players I've ever seen, but that's all he did, too. Trevor Relaford would, would rip. He was a great defender, great hands, long arms. He would just rip the point guard, chuck it up the court to his brother, who would dunk it over nobody. And he did that on his way to being a top 30 recruit in the country. So I guess it worked. But now, joining Grady Dick, KU has the number three class in the country. We keep saying it's hurting Kansas on the recruiting trail. They're not getting the same sort of guys, which maybe they're not. But, you know, maybe they're not going to get the top five, top ten guys. But you get enough of these four-star dudes that you're probably going to be able to keep around for an extra year or two you're going to recruit your way to one of the top classes in the country, which Maybe. is what they're doing right now. I mean, yes, but also, like... It's early. I, I get it. No, it's not even that. It's just, like, the the transfer stuff where I feel like now we don't know the, the impact there. Like, you see the Villanovas and when North Carolina was going to back-to-back titles, winning one of them, and they're bringing in all these high-end four-star guys, the near-five stars who... Because of that, they're staying in the program three or four years. And then because of that, you get talented players who are experienced. And that's what wins. It's when the combination of the two. Um, what happens now if all those kids are just like, yeah, but I don't want to wait my turn. I'll just transfer. And then it just depletes the purpose of that. You know what I was thinking about with NIL stuff and kids transferring out? We thought about the transfer portal. All these kids have an easy ex- exit now. If they're not playing enough, okay, see you later. Coaches are under more pressure. Don't you think NIL is going to create opportunities for for coaches and teams to not necessarily legally, but when has that ever stopped coaches from doing things in terms of trying to get players to stick around or to come to your school? Oh, you want to transfer? Uh, I got a booster who owns a business in town who just decided he wants to pay you $30,000 for an endorsement. Yeah. That could happen. Or what if the, the other way? The other school is doing the yeah, same thing. We'll but also, what if it's like, what if it's a coach sees, oh gosh, look at, you know, Marcus Carr or Kofi Coburn just went on the transfer portal. Yeah. We want to get that guy. And then you realize you have somebody on your team and you're like, shoot, but he's not going to come here if we have that guy. But I don't want this guy on my team as much as that guy. So he's currently getting an NIL deal. I'll go to the business and tell him to pull the offer from the kid. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Then it opens up a spot so you can go get Kofi Coburn or whatever. Dude, the possibilities with this are are endless because 
what is interesting is we we talked about this yesterday, and then I read today that the University of Kentucky, and I think BYU's done the same thing, but BYU, you would expect them to with their mm-hmm. code of conduct. With Kentucky, they said there are certain things you can't do, and I'm sure more, more schools are going to try and do this. They're going to say uh, nothing with gambling, nothing with so Alabama did alcohol, tobacco, adult entertainment, porn. Well, I guess that would be adult entertainment. <laughs> I don't know why I felt the need to say that. Uh but the flip side of that is that a lot of these state bills have specific writing that says schools cannot do anything to interfere with an athlete's earning potential. So where's the line there? We're giving you a scholarship. There are certain things that you have to abide by versus now we are intentionally stepping in the way of keeping you from being able to go earn this money. And if that goes to a lawsuit, which in a lot of cases it won't. There's the, here's the thing, man. People always say, well, that would open up these schools to get sued. Okay, how often is a player who is playing for a coach or going to a university going to turn around and sue them because they can't advertise for a liquor store? Whatever. It's probably not going to happen. But you know that these these coaches aren't going to care as much. Like this, These coaches understand now... I've got booster X, Y, and Z who is already, every banquet I go to, he's paying top dollar to come sit at the table right next to me. All these different trips, whether it's, you know, going to these tournaments in the Bahamas or the Maui Invitational, right? They're they're paying so they can get on the chartered flight. Like, these are donors. These are people who are around the program. You've got them in line. You don't have to get creative. You don't have to say, what are we going to do now? You already say, hey, I know the type of money that you're tossing around to be affiliated with the program. You want to really help us out? What, what's the name of your business? Okay. Like, it's not even like you have to, you don't even, they're not even going to have to do anything. These kids to get this money, and it's great. I don't care. I'm just saying this is the way it's going to work. They're not going to have to do anything. You, I mean, what's stopping a business or a business owner from saying to a recruit, come to my office building. I own an office that has absolutely nothing I would ever need to advertise for, right? It could be, it could, it just, whatever it is, whether it's a construction company or just something that you wouldn't think of is going to have a big marketing budget. But they're saying, I'll pay you $50,000 to come and come to my office, take a picture, post it to Instagram, boom. NIL. What are you going to do to stop me? Yeah. I I think that's definitely plausible. I mean, it's cheaper than for instance, if you do have to like, oh, hey, I'm going to pay for this this parent to move out here and give them a job so that their kid can play out here. Like it's cheaper than doing that. Hell yeah it is. You know how many programs around the country are given, we just heard this with Duke and Zion, right? How many benefits these parents are getting from a job to a house to just illicit payments. All those illicit payments now are going to become much, much easier to get away with. Instead of saying, I have to give your dad a job because one of my donors is going to pay him $80,000 to just basically be on the books... Now I don't even have to do that. I can just give it directly to the kid. And all you have to do is send out a tweet 
or post an Instagram because who is to say this person is getting paid more than what their real value is? Like who's to say I'm going to pay Andrew Wiggins $500,000 to post about my business on Instagram? It's going to be fascinating to watch this stuff unfold. I can't wait for the numbers to come out, man. I don't know if they will, but you'd have to think there's going to be some sort of disclosure or at least leaks as to how much these kids are making for these deals. That's what I can't wait for. Let's talk more about it with Brandon McAnderson, former Kansas running back, now with the Jayhawk Radio Network. He's going to join us on the other side. On yesterday's show, we were having the conversation and asking the question of which KU player, and I think the time frame we used was the past 20 years, which KU athlete could have made the most if name, image, and likeness was around, if they you were allowed we to profit off of it. Didn't even bring up, and we should have, Kirk Heinrich would have made bank. Why does he come to mind for you? Uh, just be- You're the point guard of a team that goes to back-to-back Final Fours. He ended up being a first-round pick. Like A lot of people loved Kirk Heinrich. Hmm. I don't know if he's the most uh, marketable personality-wise. No, but I think a lot of people would be wanting to dip into that. It's the same thing with what we said with Andrew Wiggins. Like he wasn't this explosive personality, but people would have loved yeah. to get him into. I'd still, I'd still stick. I still think Todd Reising would have made more than anybody because of the frenzy around being the starting quarterback for an Orange Bowl team for a a really successful run at KU football. All things, I mean, just considering what was before him and what's came after him. Brandon McAnderson was a teammate of Todd Racing, former Kansas running back, joins us now on the show. BMAC, what would that have been like at the time if name, image, and likeness laws were around, not just for uh, for Todd Racing, but just in general for that team? You were a part of it. You knew you were there when, when everything sort of turned for KU football, and I'd imagine uh, walking around town and walking around campus was a little bit different. What do you think that would have been like? So first, just to, I was listening to your person that make the most money the last 20 years at Kansas um, before I answer that question. It would be the Gonzalez twins. That we brought um, them up. We, they, had a, we, they had a million followers. <laughs> so they, they would have had a match. They would have had national ads as opposed to almost every Kansas basketball player would have had regional ads. I mean, even if you think about someone like, you know, going back to like uh, the two I think about the most are Ron Collins and Frank Mason. I, I don't. They didn't have any national appeal. I mean, they were great players. They were all mm-hmm. Americans, but they weren't seen as like nationally marketable players. Um, so I think from a um, from a point of like, okay, what could sell more than just regional? I think the Gonzalez ones would be the easiest. Um, secondly, Todd, it would have been. I think it would have been awesome. I think there's something about like, and, and one thing to consider is when I was in school, like we were getting two meals a day five days a week. <laughs> we were getting nothing on the weekend. So if it was anything, just to even get some, some meal money in our pockets, I think it would have benefited everyone. Uh, but I think Todd has, I think he was, I'm kind of torn between Todd and Akib. I think Akib mm-hmm. is like obviously the most interesting person and would have been easy to make uh, part of any campaign. But he also had like some of that, some of those background issues where he, you know, he had those one game suspensions and stuff you know, related to violations. I wonder if that would have affected him. So I would still go with Todd. I just don't know how much money he would have made from like a regional as opposed to being a national, a person that has the ability to go national. Yeah, 
you, and, and it's different when you're like Todd Racing wouldn't have come to Kansas. Like it's not like when he stepped foot on campus, companies would have been lining up to pay him. So it's different when your value grows while you're here. But I just imagine like from a regional standpoint, like wouldn't he have just owned Lawrence? Wouldn't have every business owner in Lawrence wanted a piece of Todd Racing? I think I just don't know what the I don't know what the dollars would look like. You know, yeah. I know that he would probably be the most popular, and he would be the biggest earner. But it would have led to the kind of riches that we're seeing with some of these social media profiles, and these people with like you know rich people in their background. You know, I saw the uh, Percy Miller signed a two million dollar deal. Now that has more to do with who his dad is than anything else. But at the same time, you you see that that's like a social media related social media driven product so i mean that's something that you know wasn't really a thing when we were in school uh, so it's kind of hard to say but you know i think he would have been someone that killed it with with everyone recently just because he was such a popular person and easy guy to root for him. well i think this goes back to your comment about the gonzalez twins probably would have been the highest earners simply because what this i think we're going to learn is that this is all going to come down to what is your value entering college? What was the value that, that preceded your collegiate career? So whether that's because um, you're two very attractive young women or because you are a top five recruit and like an Andrew Wiggins type or a Zion Williamson type, th- that's where the real value is going to come in, not just because of the fact that bigger companies are going to want you, but because of what that's going to mean recruitment-wise, and we all know it's going to happen because there's nothing the NCAA is going to be able to do to stop a booster or a donor from saying, hey, the second you step foot on campus, I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars to come to my office, take a picture, and post it to social media. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say because if you look at it this year, I know uh, with this ruling on the horizon, I know there were some people that ran the numbers of the Final Four this year on who would be the highest earners, there was only one men's basketball player in the top ten, um, and that was uh, the guy that was here, uh, the guy that was here from uh, Grimes that played for Houston. Mm-hmm. But an interesting test case in that is uh, Jalen Suggs, who is a top five recruit, who is a projected top five pick, who didn't, who wasn't even on the top ten list. So I think that when we think about marketability, I think we have a thought of like like the Tim Tebow's of the world is where our mind goes. But how many Tim Tebow's are there? I mean, like, that's what made his run in college so special because because of, like, his unique draw in terms of so many people loved him, so many people hated him. I don't know how many of those people – there's not one every year. You know, it's definitely something that's more cyclical. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a little different. I think it's so social media-driven. I think most – you know, older college football, college basketball fans aren't even going to have a really good understanding of it. I mean, Tim Tebow would have been a millionaire in college, right? Multi-millionaire. No question. No question. You know, a guy like Manziel, he would have been a millionaire. Um, even a guy like uh, J.J. Reddick, he had that kind of uh, love-hate pool. But, like, Andrew Wiggins was the number one player in the country and was the number one pick, and he wasn't on... I mean, like, through the, like, nationally, it wasn't like people were talking about him every day. He couldn't, you couldn't have put him on a commercial and people have been like, that's Andrew Wiggins. I mean, regionally, yeah, but, like, nationally, yeah. he still doesn't have national appeal. I mean, he's in the NBA making $20, 30000000 a year. 
Right, but when he got to the league, though, like that was the big thing. That was the big talk while he was at Kansas. Was oh, the second he gets to the league, Adidas. What was the what was the rumor that he was being offered like ten million dollars or something like that? For I Adidas? thought it was right. something crazy. It was I ridiculous. Thought, wasn't there like a Sports Illustrated or GQ or something cover? Yeah, it was, it was like GQ. Hundred million dollar endorsement, and that never something. happened. But like the the frenzy around it. That like it it fed itself and it made him bigger because of that, just because of the speculation as to how much he was going to make. So, like, if we go back in time to 2013 and he comes to Kansas again, isn't it all the same? Except at that same time, Adidas is paying him a uh, hundred thousand dollars, three hundred thousand dollars to do national commercials or ad campaigns, right? Isn't that exactly how it would work? Maybe. I think that's the difficult part of that is the shoe companies are spending the money anyway. That's, I mean, they've been spending the money behind closed doors right. anyway. But they're not spending the money to make X player the face of this thing. They're spending the money hoping Andrew Wiggins turns into Kevin Durant. They're right, not saying, right. I'm going to put Andrew Wiggins on everything Adidas. They're saying, I'm going to pay Andrew Wiggins now so that if he becomes Kevin Durant, I'm going to make a billion dollars off of him. So I don't care if I got to pay him, you know, uh, a million and a half year, two and three million years. They're not paying them with the expectation that they will be immediate, immediate notable stars. They're paying them with the hopes that they become immediate notable stars. If you go all the way down to uh, the Louisville cat that actually was open uh, for Louisville. Kevin or Brian Bowen, yeah. Brian hey, Kevin with his leg. I don't know. I don't okay, know. yeah. I don't know. I like him too, but that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, you figure Brian Bowen was like, the 58th player in the class? Yeah. I mean, the the, the guy from LSU, uh, Wade, he was paying players at VCU. And it's through nice. But really the whole premise is I'm going to pay these people money now, hoping that one day they become LeBron James. They're not going to pay them to be LeBron James right now. So I think the shoe companies are playing a different game. They're playing like a speculative, almost like a basketball stock market. Um, to where, yes, the players benefit a great deal, but it doesn't make them into national stars overnight. So I think that's kind of, you know, and college basketball is not really that popular right now in terms of a, like a national appeal. But from a regional perspective, there's going to be money to be had. And from a national social media perspective, there's going to be money. Like there's millionaires on TikTok that if they walked right in front of you, Nick, you would not know who they were. Right. And I wouldn't either. And that's the point is that that, that world is something that like, is still like from a from a general standpoint people don't really understand so i think that even the guys that are making a ton of money doing instagram stuff like sharif o'neill he has two million followers 2.7 million followers he's not played a college basketball game so he's going to be a he's going to be able to market his notoriety in a way that has nothing to do with what he's actually doing on the basketball court so i think that those are the things that we don't really understand and i think that we'll get we'll come to understand them as we progress so i found the andrew wiggins number this is in an sb nation article um uh it it says actually it was uh a number about 180 million dollars that was the rumor yeah the rumor was 180 million dollars a source close to wiggins inner circle said but i also heard that nike is going to match anything he ended up getting 10 to 12 million the second he hit the league right yeah and that was, and, that, and that's to your point. It wasn't that they knew Andrew Wiggins was going to be a star. It's just that if he ends up being a star, ten to twelve million dollars will look like a bargain, which makes me wonder 
is this going to change apparel deals? I mean, we, we, we know the, the UCLA deal for Under Armour that ended up blowing up. It was $200 million. KU and Adidas, what a 12-year deal for $200 million. If you're the shoe companies, wouldn't you rather just pick and choose the guys that you want to sponsor? If I just want to sponsor Andrew Wiggins or if I'm uh, whatever, if I'm LSU and I just want to sponsor, if I'm Nike, I just want to sponsor Joe Burrow. I don't want to have to enter into a $200 million deal to sponsor the whole LSU athletic department. Isn't that how that's probably going to end up looking once these deals get up and realize that we can spend half the money and just go after the guys we want? So I think I think that's going to be an approach based on the player. So I think what you'll see now is that like some of these guys that have been one-and-done players, if you're going to make $10 million off of a shoe contract, you can go to the G League because you've already got $10 million. You know, if you're making a million a year with Adidas, then your low salary in the G League won't matter as much. So I think it's going to be something that's impossible to predict. It's going to affect people in different ways. It might be more beneficial for someone to stay in college and be a college star and be a a household name. Like uh, the people that come to mind for me is women's college basketball. Is successful women's college basketball players will be at their most profitable point while representing the college. So they may not have any cause to try to, to fast forward past that now that they don't have to. But I think from a strategy standpoint, I think all these things are TBD because, you know, I'm sure that the, the shoe companies get some benefit by having the schools and it's a vessel that's already in place. So it's something that they can go to right now. Now, to supersede their own contracts, we don't know when that's going to start, but it's going to start. I mean, it's going to happen. So it's going to be interesting to see like, and follow, you know, what's what, who's who, and who's benefiting from what, because I think this changes the dynamic for everyone in every way imaginable, because we think that we understand that this guy's going to go pro because he needs the money, and that is the basis for his decision. Now, that's not every player, but that's a lot of them. So now you wonder, okay, what is the basis for the decision now? What is the basis for somebody like Ben McLemore comes to mind, who was like an underdeveloped basketball prospect who came from a tough background who his family needed the money? Let's say he's at Kansas and he's able to find enough regional or national deals or social media deals where he doesn't need to, he doesn't have an immediate need to leave. Maybe he stays and becomes a better ball player. So I think it just opens up all kinds of possibilities in terms of what each individual person needs and what makes them the most profitable. And I think it's fun, and I'm excited for these kids. Okay, so let's go back Let's go back one, one more time to 2008, the height of your Kansas football career when you guys are going to the Orange Bowl, you guys are reeling off 12 wins in a row, biggest show in town. What Would there have been a number too low if a business approached you? You had nothing to base it off of. You weren't making anything before. Would there have been a deal too low that you wouldn't have, have accepted? Like, what would have been the threshold to get your attention? $15. <laughs> Listen, I had a teammate I had a teammate who saved up his scholarship check to buy a Dodge Intrepid. And he was, oh my God, he was in the streets every day, <laughs> taking everybody to the bars. He had a four-seater. He was pulled up. After 30 days, he did not have enough money left to pay for the tags. That car sat in the parking lot for another 90 days before he could drive. <laughs> so just to put that into perspective, so he cannot he cannot even drive the car he just had because he didn't have the money to get it registered. So that's what I mean. Like, at, if you're talking back to 2008, 
you're talking about a hundred broke guys and you know maybe 40 50 of them come from you know families that have money so it's not an immediate concern but ultimately every day was like man am i gonna pay this phone bill or am i gonna eat this uh, domino's pizza and that was like a normal conversation for people so i don't think there's any number that people would not have considered you know, to be sponsored or to be to, to put some money in their pockets. And that's what makes it awesome, man. And that's what makes this such Absolutely. a cool time. Is though you, you hope that those conversations become a thing of the past now that these guys are actually able to uh, to make a little bit of cash. He is Brandon McAnderson, former Kansas running back. Always appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All righty. That's BMAC, Brandon McAnderson, Orange Bowl champ with the Jayhawk Radio Network. He's Derek Johnson. I'm Nick Schwartz. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. So our, our Kansas basketball endorsement tracker has been updated, and Mitch Lightfoot off to an early lead. It's still early. Still a lot of game left to be played, but thus far, I believe he is in the team lead with one endorsement that we is know it of. just one? I think it's more. Officially. Well, officially. I've only seen one, but I and I'm not gonna. And honestly, are you gonna count the what was the one yesterday? The I'm not one? gonna give. I'm not gonna mention the name of the company. It's okay. a junk removal company. Yeah. Uh, no free advertisements. No, because that would sort of. I feel like that's letting the man win. <laughs> is, I mean, somebody paid Mitch to endorse their product, and now we're gonna repeat it on air. That's not how it works. No, but. He uh, was sending out tweets yesterday, like, my DMs are open, sliding my DMs, like, let's, whatever, like, let's let's talk. And, like, two hours later, he sends out a tweet with the owner of the company, I would assume, on Jayhawk Boulevard, wearing a polo with the, the company's logo on it, and doing a little impromptu photo shoot. So how much do you think that guy offered to the point where he would say, are you free right now? I'll be there in half an hour with a polo. We can take a quick picture. You can send the ad out and you get paid right now. Because that's the other part of it too, man. It's I'll pay you today. Yeah. Stone cold cash. You don't even have to report it on your tax. Okay. That that part probably not so much. You know, Mitch is actually a genius. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you why. When... He announced a few months ago that he was coming back for another season. We all said that it made sense because Mitch is the most popular guy on campus and you get to be a college athlete for another year. And it's just Mr. Jayhawk, right? But now you realize for no real reason, because honestly, if if you're a company and you're trying to make sense of why you're spending money on this versus that, or why this is a good investment, you would immediately realize the mistake that you've you've made is that if Mitch had said, I'm done playing basketball, he wouldn't have gotten paid yesterday. He wouldn't have gotten somebody to go do an advertisement with him. Because if it's Mitch Lightfoot, former Kansas basketball player, is this company reaching out to him to say, hey, we'd like to do business with you? 
or is the allure of college athletes now being able to profit off their name, image, and likeness and the fact that he is a Kansas basketball player, currently Kansas basketball player, is that the value? That I am on the team. I'm not Mitch Leifert. I am on the team. That's why you want to pay for me. He no, made money for sticking around. Yeah. No, it's a good point. I mean, think about it. If, if you go overseas and play in some random country, like, I don't know, you might be making six figures, but probably not if, you know, unless you're like one of the better players, you might be getting a chance to make, I don't know about just as much money, but maybe close enough this year with, with advertisements and stuff that... Like, I don't know how off. much I don't know how I, much I he's no gonna make. No, I have no idea. But like, also think about it too. Like a guy like Mitch Lightfoot, who um, I don't know what he wants to do after his basketball career is over. But you know, he could. I don't know if he wants to go overseas and play basketball after college, or if he wants to get in coaching. I don't know what he wants to do. But certainly with a guy like Mitch Lightfoot, it's not going to be the LeBron James path where I'm making millions and millions of dollars playing in the NBA. And now this also sets him up from, like, a business standpoint for once he gets out of college. Like, hey, I have these relationships with all these different companies. Hire me. Look at the work I've done. Yeah. Right, which is minimal. It's I sent out a tweet. But, <laughs> no, but, but that's it. But it's that's, relationships. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. Yeah, it's just funny to me because he's so outspoken on, on social media. Not outspoken, I shouldn't say. He's just active on social media. Probably has a better social media presence than I don't know. I mean, at least on Twitter, which is what I'm usually on. Yeah, but he has- you realize all the. By the way, we're old, so we we talk about Twitter all the time, and you realize like these guys TikTok, barely Instagram. use Twitter. It's all Instagram. Yeah, um, Snapchat. Uh, okay, but you mentioned that one that he's officially with. We saw the one yesterday where it was the hair one. I forget the name of it. Doesn't um, matter. Again, we're not again, giving yeah, free advertising. Okay, doesn't matter. Um, but they were like, we want to do something. So that could be two. And then you have, um, we mentioned the Barstool Sports story yesterday where they're basically just like, yeah, just come on board. Yeah, I think, I think they said if you blink, if you're a college athlete and you blink in my direction. Well, he blinked in their direction. Yeah. And so I would imagine they're going to take them, which, by the way, that'll be interesting. The thing you were talking about in the second segment with um, gambling, like a lot of schools are saying, no, you can't do it if it's related to gambling. Barstool Sports is owned by a sports Pen club. So, gaming, like, what yeah. happens there? Not that I care, but, like, that's just kind of interesting. So, you can have that one as well. And then, on top of it, he is trying to brand his, we can say this one, the Prison Mitch logo. We can say it because we are responsible for the creation of Prison <laughs> Mitch. Hope you're ready to get sued. We're coming for everything you got. Hey, I hope, I hope that social media ad you did yesterday, I hope it paid well. Because you're about to have a world of legal fees mounting up when we come for you. I mean, actually, I didn't even create. Did we create it? I don't. My best, my buddy Kevin did, okay. and then I brought it to the air. Ah, and then I brought it to social media. Yeah. So he tweets last night: "Bring prison Mitch back and give back to the community." Sounds like a win-win to me. Hey, friends, think it would be fun to develop a logo for the Prison Mitch persona. Looking for someone creative to help me with this project. Send me your submissions to my email by July 12th, and I will announce the winner by my birthday, the 14th. The winner gets a signed ball, a photo op, and I'll donate $100 to your charity of choice. Here's the thing about this is that 
the signed ball won't even have a Jayhawk on it. It won't say Kansas on it. It'll just be a basketball with Mitch Lightfoot's signature, which, just being honest, what are you going to do with it? You get the other guys to sign it, too. You pay everybody, and then you have the whole team. Uh, that's actually a good point. <laughs> just, 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 yeah, give me your ball, because <laughs> at this point, if I just have a basketball with Mitch Lightfoot, I'm like, I don't I have anywhere to put it. Like, just keep it. I don't need it. But this is just he's looking to get a logo. Like, that's it. And that he'll probably do something more with that. He says bring Prison Mitch back because Prison Mitch got canceled, if you remember. Mm. Remember this? No, I don't. Whoever was running that Twitter account said something about... Oh, uh, that's right. I think it was when Kobe Bryant died. And it was like Tom Brady. It was like, like should have been Tom like, Brady instead. Yeah. Can't do that. She can't say that. Hmm. So Prison Mitch got canceled there for a while, but apparently now NIL is allowing Prison Mitch to make a return. I give him a ton of credit for being the one who is super active on social media because while he's not the most popular player and he's certainly not the most marketable player, your marketability first and foremost comes from how good are you? Are you going to be good? Are you... Are you a quality player at what you do is the main, like the main thing still needs to be the main thing, right? The basketball needs to be the, the, the main source of why you have any value. And from that standpoint, he's pretty far down the list, but I don't see anybody else actively pursuing these deals the way that he is. So all these companies may say to themselves, yeah, I'd probably rather have David McCormick or Ochai or Jalen Wilson, but Mitch is the one out there pursuing, wheeling, and dealing, getting stuff done. So he's probably going to be the one to get in now early. Like these companies may say, oh, well, we shouldn't have paid him all that money. We could have had so-and-so. But it's the iron is hot right now. And that's what's so funny to me is these companies are almost just like succumbing to the frenzy as well. Like they may not even really care to advertise with athletes, but now that they have the opportunity to, they're just like, well, let's just do it. Yeah. No, I, I also think it's interesting because, like, a lot of these, we're, like, talking about them right now because it's news because this just started. In two months, we won't because everybody right. will be signed deals. In two months, we won't be like, oh, did you see so-and-so signed with this company? No, we won't talk about it because everybody, like you said, will have deals. The other thing that I'm interested in, and I think this goes to Mitch's benefit because, like, when we get to talk to players and have player avail- um a lot of times Mitch is one of the spokespeople for KU. Is Mitch going to be allowed to, for instance, wear like that polo t-shirt with that company when he goes on the Zoom call or when he goes on the press conference? Probably not. Once you're using the platform of the university, Mm. probably not. But... If you happen to be walking off the team bus on a road trip and a photographer snaps a shot of you wearing that polo, Mm. that's a little bit different, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's weird with team sports versus individual sports. Like, like Bryson DeChambeau wins the U.S. Open and he sits up there with a protein shake. That is his sponsor. You can do that. But... LeBron James wins the finals. Like, I don't think he can sit up there. Well, he can wear whatever clothes he wants, right? He's wearing Nike. It's LeBron. He could probably, you know, he has a sponsor he wants to put on the table. The NBA is going to be, yeah, a little bit yeah. different than NCAA. But I think it goes both ways. He can't wear the KU stuff. Yeah. 
when he's doing that. I know I know for a fact he wouldn't be able to sit there and wear Nike stuff. No, it's a, a good point because think about it. Like in the NFL, if a player has like those custom shoes, and it's always so stupid that they get fined for it. Right. It'll be like it'll be like rest in peace to some kid who died for cancer in the NFL. Like ten thousand dollars fine. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. They get fined for that. So you, you can't find the college athletes, but you can probably tell them to not do it. I just wonder what the punishment would be if they did. What would happen? What if they just like rebelled and just did it anyway? Yeah, can you can't find them? Can you? No. You're not the one paying them. Right. In fact, you cannot find them. In fact, you're the only one who's not allowed <laughs> yeah, to pay them. Exactly. So yeah, you probably can't take any money they away get from suspended. them. Suspended. And and Imagine remember, a player gets suspended. But it goes back again. to it goes back to the the idea that like Kansas doesn't have a bill passed right now, so they're just going based off the NCAA. Some of these states have like written in law that schools cannot interfere and you can't get in the way and affect these kids' earning potential. So where is the line between saying, no, we're not telling you you can't do a deal with this company. We're simply telling you when you're allowed to market their product or advertise for them. You can do it on your social media account and your Instagram and your Twitter and you can wear that polo wherever you want, but when you're, you're not an employee, so it's not like when you're on the clock, when you're in our building, when you're at our like what's the, where is the line? Yeah. I, have I don't no know. Idea. I guess it's just like workplace. Like I couldn't probably come into work and wear a T-shirt that says "Bleep off," you know. Like I'd probably be told, "Hey, go home and change your shirt." So, but you're an employee. You're yeah, getting paid yeah, a salary no, to do a it point. to do a task. The other th- one that I think is most interesting with this is just the. I mean, you kind of brought this up with BMAC, like, will some of the shoe companies and apparel companies, instead of just paying the schools, just approach the athletes? But what happens if, because for now, most of these contracts are 10, 15 years long. Yeah. So it's going to be a while before they get out of these deals. What happens if, like, Under Armour, for instance, says, no, we still have all our team contracts, but now we're going to try to poach uh, David McCormick. We're going to tell David McCormick, no, you wear different stuff. What would happen there? See, I don't think that's the way it will actually go. What I think is going to happen is, say, for instance, I don't even know what the year is. It, it, KU signed the deal in two years ago. It was a 12-year deal, right, with Adidas? So let's say a decade from now in 2031, that deal is up. Do you honest, and who knows what NIL is going to look like at that point? It'll be 10 years old. It'll be, it'll look, I don't know what it will look like, but it will look a lot different than this. But you just got to ask yourself, if you're Adidas, if you're Nike, would you rather re-up and pay $220 million and have to pay for everybody to wear the shoes and the uniforms and all that stuff? Because there's still value there of like having the Adidas logo on the Kansas jersey. But I don't think that deal is going to be as lucrative when you could just say, I would rather, instead of spending $200 million on the whole program, I'd rather spend $5 million on this one player. Maybe. Because there is so much value still in the jersey. Like, that's that's what you have control over with if you buy the school. You have the jersey uh, check mark or three strikes but, but like, or whatever. But that's not it. It's, it's, it's you not, have the coaches at that point. Like, I, don't think, I don't think it is, though, man. Because I don't think that exposure and that eyeball is, is the end game for apparel companies. The end game... 
is getting the next Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kevin Durant. That's it. That is it. Because those are the guys you'll make money off their whole career. Their whole career. Because think about, if you you think about going back to the Jordan Wars, right, between Adidas and Nike, and then Adidas let him slip away, and then they just struck out. Because then Nike got Kobe. And then Nike got LeBron. And they got Kevin Durant. And Adidas tried to get a lot of these guys, but it just never manifested the same way it did for Nike. But that's why Nike is number one. That's why Nike is top dog, because they get the sellable athletes. Yeah. They get the guys who transcend the sport. That's what the, that's the end game for all these shoe companies, is they just want the next superstar. So I think it just depends on what the cost is there. Because there is a part of you that's like, well, if you buy the whole school... You're blanketing the whole coverage. I know we like to think of this as just a basketball thing or just a football thing in basketball, but like at certain schools, there are there might be like a tennis player who's going to go on and be the next great thing and is going to be a, a great in- endorsement for you. There is going to be a baseball player or a other Olympic sport, you know, that's going to be bigger worldwide or something that we don't necessarily think of. So you're getting that blanket coverage, but it's also like when you go shopping at Costco versus going shopping at just like Dylan's. You know, you might go to Dillon's and you might just pick up a couple items. And maybe that's just what you need. But if you're buying from like a per a per athlete or just trying to get like 24 rolls of toilet paper as opposed to eight, yeah. you're going to get a better deal at Costco. So I, I don't know. It, it just kind of depends on, you know, are you going to have to pay Zion Williamson $10 million. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I think those deals will still exist. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they're going to be worth nearly as much money. I would agree with that. But I, I guess back to what I was asking to begin with here, what's stopping a apparel company from saying, I get that your school has a deal with Adidas, but if I'm Under Armour or Nike, why can't I just have a deal with you individual player? Yeah. And then what would be in the crosshairs there between the player and the school? Like, would the player be wearing an Adidas jersey with Under Armour shoes? Like, how would that work? No, that won't work. I don't think that that's going to ha- happen at all. I don't think they'll be... I think it'll be... You but can, it happens in the NBA. All the jerseys are Nike, but if you're having yeah, Adidas I agree. or I Under agree. Armour... I know, but I'm I'm saying I don't think that's going to be allowable in college athletes, at least for the time being. That may be something that changes down the road, but there's no way that's going to happen. There's no. Don't way you think that would be one of those cases that... You all and it'll probably class have to action get, lawsuit. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. It's, it's going to have to get litigated because that's what will happen is somebody will sign a deal and the school is going to come in and say, no, mm-hmm. you can't wear this shoe. But then you have to ask yourself this. What's easier for that player to sue the school or to just go somewhere else where he can wear the shoe? Because honestly... What is any player, are they really going to want to get into the lawsuit or are they just going to want to say, bleep you, middle finger, watch me go play for your rival now. Mm-hmm. And I'll get to wear the shoe and I get to do, I get everything I want now. Because what do these kids care about the most? To win, to win one for the, for the, the betterment of student athletes? That sounds great in theory. No, they want their cash. They don't want to get embroiled in a lawsuit. So that's what, whenever people talk about, oh, this could get hairy and legal and messy. Okay, but. Most people don't like to get into lawsuits. And if they did get into a lawsuit, and if it reached the NCAA level, like the NCAA is pretty experienced in that regard. 
And it's probably going to look a lot like what it looks like in the NFL or the NBA whenever they collectively bargain something. What happens? Like, hey, we'll stop testing you for pot, but you got to play an extra game. Because the NFL will say, we don't even care about what we're you, and this is a huge, huge win for us to get an extra game, and we're going to make a billion dollars off of it. And that's what it'll probably end up happening, is they'll give up a little morsel just to get a big win long-term. All right, it's about 24 past the hour. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. You know, people are talking right now. A lot of people are talking about us. People are saying we play too much. We have too much fun. We play too many games. Where's serious? Where is the serious, smart, intelligent sports conversations? Why over the past, especially over the past like week or two, why have we been playing more games? And I think it's a complicated answer. And the first part of that is that there's nothing going on right now. The Royals suck. Their season's over. Uh, no football. No basketball. What else are we going to talk about? So let's have some fun with it. Also, you know. Well, do you want a piece of like, like, like Michael I got like, Jordan or LeBron? Uh, Pete Rose, Hall of Fame. Yeah. Steroids. <laughs> Barry Bonds, Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. We could start doing some Olympic previews, which is maybe what we're going to do today. I don't even know what we're going to play today, but Derek has yet... Another game. It's a Friday. Yeah. Right? Let's have some fun. Into a, a three-day weekend, too. Into a holiday weekend. That's right. A four-day weekend for you. We only have this. We have the rest of this show. And then Wednesday. That's the end of our time with Rock Chalk Sports Talk, unless I decide to come back. What if I came back and you were my boss? The power. It's not like I'm your boss now, but what if we just reversed roles like five years from now? Be like the Twilight Zone. You come crawling back to me. That's Love right. It. All right, what's the name of uh, today's game? name of today's game is TBT Player. You're familiar with the TBT? The basketball tournament. That is what it stands for. TBT Player or MLB Draft Prospect. The TBT starts in the middle of July. The MLB Draft is about a week from this weekend. It's like a week from Sunday, I think. I might, be able, I might be able to name a few draft prospects. Well, I can't actually, I can't name any, but I may recognize a few names once I hear them. Okay. You might recognize a few TBT players. I, I more so went into the depths. I didn't go for like the, you know, the Tyshawn Taylors or yeah. other players that you might know. Okay. All right. So how we do this, reminder, college football season, you are in the world of the 12-team playoffs, so you have a little bit more leniency. I made the playoff you last, get into the playoff. You last did. game. And then it came crashing down like usual. Uh, so we have 12-game regular season. What happens from there? all determined by how you do. Week one. I've said before, by the way, that I know baseball names when I hear them. Is this a baseball name? Marcelo Meyer. Marcelo Meyer. Yes. I'm going to say that is a TBT player. That is a baseball player. He's supposed to be the number one pick in the draft. (laughs) Shortstop out of California. That's too bad. All right. Was that supposed to be a layup? I thought you would get that for sure. Marcelo Mayer. If you would have asked me how it's spelled to M-A-Y-E-R, I'll go, I guess, Matthew Mayer. What does that What does that have anything to do with anything? I don't know. It just it seems like a baseball name in my eyes. Maybe not. Uh, Nathan Adrian. Uh, formerly of West Virginia. That is a TBT player. That's correct. He is formerly of West Virginia. Uh, playing on Best Virginia. That's the name of the West Virginia alumni team. Good Carl name. Ford. Yeah. All Good right. for them. One to one. Aaron Epps. Hmm. E-P-P-S. That 
Is it E-R-I-N or A-A-R-O-N? A-A-R-O-N. You ever met a girl, a guy spelled Aaron, E-R-I-N? <laughs> I don't think I don't think so. Hmm. Aaron Epps. Aaron, I think of Aaron Epps, I think of Aaron Boone, I think of baseball player. So I'm gonna say baseball prospect. Team the team player on Team Heartfire. Yeah, uh, uh, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a rough one. A power forward out of LSU. Obviously didn't know who that was. All right, one and two into conference play. You can still salvage your season. You win your conference, you're in. I have to run the table. Milton Doyle. Milton Doyle? I know that name. Wait a minute. Do you? Milton Doyle? There's no way you know who this is. Who am I thinking of? Like Milton Bradley? Yeah, baseball. There's Milton Newton. Milton? There's Milton Newton basketball. <laughs> so it could go either way. Milton Doyle, I'm going to say, is uh, a baseball player. Milton Doyle, TBT, is on the region. He was a shooting guard at Loyola, Chicago. Maybe that's where you remember him. No, I, wait. No? Didn't Milton Doyle. <laughs> Are you Milton... thinking of O'Doyle rules? <laughs> Didn't Milton Doyle. He committed to Kansas. I'm such an Did he? He was a one. He was a Kansas commit. Really? How long ago is this? I don't, I don't know who this guy is. This is like 2013. I knew I knew that name. Wow. I was you. I, you guts. psyched me out when you said. I didn't know who that was. When you said there was no way hey, that kid that I would know who it was, I was like, oh well, then you just tipped Game's your hand. Chip. I was like, you tipped your hand. That's baseball, because you know I chip. know nothing about baseball. But Milton Doyle was a KU commit. That's how I knew the name. Yikes. All right, one and three. Off the I want to. I want to change that. I want to go back and I'm going to file an appeal. Nope, denied. Uh, Jordan Lawler. Jordan Lawler. I'm going to say TBT player. You are one and four, Nick. This is the worst you've ever started. He is the uh, top three prospect in the MLB draft. Some think he might go number one, might go number two. Shortstop out of Texas. They're comparing okay. him to the next Bobby Witt. All right. Well, Bobby Witt's not even Bobby Witt yet. He's the next something. <laughs> Uh, you gotta you gotta shake the rust off here. We had a lot of roster turnover yeah, last year. Okay, Adam Fravert. Adam Fravert might be Fravert. Sounds white. Uh, I'm gonna say baseball prospect. He's the TBT player. Plays on this will make sense to you. He plays on Team D3, which is a collection uh-huh. of Division Three yeah. All Stars. Uh, played at Wisconsin Oshkosh. Uh huh. He's a small forward. I bet he did. You're one and five. You have to win out just to make it to your conference championship game. Even then, I don't even know if you make it. Bailey Steele. Bailey Steele. That's got to be a baseball prospect. Mm. <laughs> he is a TVT player. Oh my gosh! Plays it's on America's like a coin dream. flip. I'm just, I'm just losing every coin flip. He is a center. You are now one and six. Can you even make it to a bowl game, Nick? I've no. I, I mean, probably not. Khalil Watson. Khalil Watson. Baseball prospect. Back on go. the board. Back on the board. Okay. Uh, MLB draft. He's supposed to be a top 10 pick. Plays for Wake Forest. Michael Thompson. Mm. Pretty generic name. Mm-hmm. Michael Thompson. Michael is spelled a little differently. Let's, let's hear it. M-I-C-H-E-L. No, A. It's almost Michelle. Yeah. Or Michelle. <laughs> I'm going to go with baseball prospect. Nick, this is Clay Thompson's brother, Michael Thompson. He plays on LA Cheaters, which is the Drew League team. He's their shooting guard. His dad was Michael Thompson, but it was like M Y. I think it was. (laughs) It'd be different. Okay, so now barring some like 
appeal where you get in at five and seven, you're probably not even going bowling. You are now two and seven. I mean, people have been mad that you haven't been able to get over I the just hump. I went to the playoff last year. I know, but get you haven't been ass. able to get over the hump. And now that you're having, this is like Jim Harbaugh. This year, Michigan went, whatever, like two and five. They were talking Jim about Harbaugh's not him. going to the playoffs every year, winning the conference. Him. Winning the conference yeah, every single like 10 damn and year. Every year, lose to Ohio State. That's that's you. The you are Jim every Harbaugh. Year. You are Jim Harbaugh. You un- are having you un- sleepovers you un- with all your recruits. You ungrateful, uncultured swine. That's what this fan base is. You're never satisfied. Spoiled rotten. You're lucky to have me, Caesar Guerrero. That's baseball. Cesar Guerrero is a former Oklahoma State point guard. He's playing for the Stillwater Stars. What? In the he played TV for team. Oklahoma State? Played for Oklahoma State, transferred to Fresno State. Okay. Two and eight. Kumar Rocker. I know that name. That's baseball. There Why don't you give me that one to lead off? <laughs> MLB draft, he is a top five to ten pick for Vanderbilt. All right, so you are three and eight. This is senior day. At least get some pride back. Yeah, we will. We will. Rivalry they, game. David Cohn. Baseball. Wait. David Cohn? You're thinking of the former Yankees pitcher. Yeah. David Cohn. I, th- I figured it was his son. Well, he might be his son. I don't know, but he plays for the TBT. He's on SCD Hoops. He's a guard. He formerly played at William & Mary. Uh, David Cohn, Kansas City guy. Well, you got the wrong one. All right, so you are 3-9. Uh, and nine. No postseason for you. Nothing. Nothing. It's kind of anticlimactic. Uh-huh. You might be fired. No, I'm not getting fired. Three one, and nine? It's one bad season. It's one bad. Okay, what, what would happen? You don't have a title to lean back on. I've got a lot of good years, though. Uh, you're Mark Richt. I, if you don't want to be Jim Harbaugh, you're Mark Richt. I'm Lincoln Riley. No. Lincoln Riley has not had a three and nine season. But I'm saying if Lincoln Riley did have a three and nine season, what would happen? Would he get fired? No. Maybe. Oklahoma. They'd give him, they'd say, okay. All right, you're on the hot. If you have another bad year, you're done. I'm comfortable with that. Okay. I'm, we're allowed to have one bad Boosters season. Boosters are getting funds together for your buyout. We know it's an expensive buyout because I keep getting contract extensions because I keep winning. I'll tell you with this right now. You fire me, it'll be the, big, the last mistake you ever make as AD. I'll tell you that. It's ungrateful fans giving you so many good years. All right, TBT. And uh, the MLB draft. Hope you're ready. This is Rock Chuck Sports Talk.